Show Me The Science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here and welcome to my Show Me The Science podcast. This week I've come across something that I have experienced when I was younger. It's very unnerving when it happens to you. Uh, and it's quite common actually, as many as one in five have this. I'm building up to telling you what it is. And I want to excite Owen with this one. I might find this one interesting, I bet you. So this is called sleep paralysis. It's when you wake up and you can't move, right? And it's a very unnerving thing. And scientists have been studying sleep paralysis for a while to try and explain it in various ways. Just out of interest, like, what is it? And it's that, I say, that feeling, and I don't know if you've been listening, I've had it when you wake up and you can't quite move and it causes a bit of panic in you. You know, eventually you try to force yourself to be fully awake and now you can move. And the big question is, what's going on with sleep paralysis? So it's the science of sleep paralysis. The second part of this that I found really interesting is... If you're in this sleep paralysis state, that's when people see ghosts. They hallucinate. And there's kind of a theory that the origin of ghosts then is people having sleep paralysis and they think they can see a ghost or a demon or something horrible happening. And I'm going to go into that as well because surveys have been done on what's happening in this situation. Now, as I say, um, one in five people might have it uh, and they, they feel this thing. Now, I had it when I was younger. When I, they kind of, I grew out of it, to be honest. In, in my teens and 20s, it would happen to me. And then I began, then I haven't had it recently. Of course, tonight I'll have a watch because I've just mentioned it. Uh, but I seem to have grown out of it. But one in five overall uh, have reported this sleep paralysis. Now, they've studied this. When does it happen? It happens as you're transiting into what's called REM sleep. Now, REM is rapid eye movement. Now, sleep has different phases, and you get slow wave sleep, you get REM sleep. The REM time is when your eyelids are flu- your eyes are fluttering, rapid eye movement. And that's been known as the time when you're dreaming. That's well known as well. Although, strangely, in my exhaustive research for this piece, you can still dream outside REM. So it's not as if the only time you dream is when you're having REM. Uh, but mainly we dream when this REM pattern is in our, in our eyes fluttering. It's just before you transit into REM, you might wake up. And if you do wake up at that point, you're at risk of sleep paralysis. It seems to be something to do with the transition <sighs> into REM and that they've seen that their surveys have shown that. It looks like the brain changing at that time creates this paralyzed state. And one reason they think is when you start to dream, then you might want to get up out of bed and think you're at a party and start dancing or whatever, right? The paralysis keeps you in the bed. That may be the reason for it. And you don't move then. And you don't respond to the dream. Because who knows, that could be dangerous. You might injure yourself if you get up in a bed. And of course, there is the sleepwalking business. Uh, and that's common enough. I used to have that as well, by the way. Uh, that's common enough. That's around the same time as this. And that must be because the paralysis isn't total. And you can move a bit, you know. And then you get out of bed and you walk downstairs or whatever. That can be dangerous. So maybe some people have less of that and instead they have a paralysis response or sometimes they feel the paralysis and sometimes they sleepwalk is the idea. But you can see why this would evolve to stop us harming ourselves. Sleep is a very dangerous thing if you think about it because you're, you're asleep and you, you could be attacked by a predator. So, so sleep is a strange thing. Of course, we've done, we've done the science of sleep before. A big function of sleep is to clean out the brain. From the, All during the day, your brain is building up kind of byproducts of your brain buzzing away. And now we know that gets flushed to the liver from the brain when you're asleep and it cleans them up and that protects the brain. So that's the function of sleep. But it's vulnerable because you're fast asleep lying down somewhere. You get jumped on by a tiger. Of course, us humans obviously figured, let's go and sleep in a cave away from all this. Uh, but the other danger would be that during dreaming, you begin to act out the dream. And that could be very dangerous. So the brain decides, oh no, we're going to shut everything down here. But the trouble is, if you wake up a little bit and you're in that sleep paralysis state, that's when you get these uh, these different features. 
Now, people who've been surveyed also report at this phase of paralysis out-of-body experiences. And it's very common. You kind of, you see yourself from the ceiling and you look down, you see yourself on the bed and you're looking at yourself now, which is very strange. It's actually called astral travel by the sleep scientists. I love the way they've come up with this term, astral travel. It's like, it's like you're traveling up to the stars in a way, you know, and that's a feature of this as well. And what they've also been able to show is a particular part of the brain is firing away when you're having these responses. It's the temporoparietal junction. Great name. That's the part of the brain we're talking about now. And that seems to be the bit that's triggering all this. So when someone is in a sleep paralysis state, that's the part of the brain that's causing it. Uh, and what was very exciting, I think, was if you stimulate that part of the brain, you can create sleep paralysis. So we know what's to do with the brain changing. We know which part of the brain is involved. That part of the brain also seems to be tied into your sense of self now, there's a funny concept. Uh, we all know who we are, don't we? But if you look in a mirror, you know it's you. If you get a dissociation, you look in the mirror and you don't recognize yourself. And again, psychologists and psychiatrists report this in certain situations. But that sense of self seems to be tied into this part of the brain. Now, when this part of the brain then begins to behave differently, you lose your sense of self because you can see yourself from the ceiling or whatever. So whatever way the brain is working here, it's a fascination about this idea of self and that's somehow being different at this uh, phase of sleep. And I like that because it's real hard science, I hope. My reading of it is they found this part of the brain tied into sleep paralysis and the out-of-body experiences. Now, overall, it's tied into dreaming anyway, because remember, you will often dream about yourself. And that's a strange thing. So you can see yourself in a dream and it's a bit like watching a movie, whatever, of you, you know. So in other words, this, 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 to, to allow yourself to dream, you've got to dislocate this sense of self and then you can perceive yourself. And you're asleep, obviously, it's not, it's not a, as if you're awake and it's not as vivid as that. But still, that sense of, this all seems to be tied into the sense of self, basically. And that gives rise to a big question, what's dreaming for? Um, nobody knows, but it seems to be important because all humans dream, yeah? There's patterns in dreams that are shared by many of us. And uh, there was one fantastic piece of science I came across where a guy called uh, Calvin Hall, he studied 50,000 dreams, right? Now, that means he was asking people, what did you dream about? When did the dream start? And some of the science of this comes from, obviously, this sort of stuff. And what was interesting was most dreams are negative. And I wasn't aware of that. Although, mind you, so when you think about it, dreams are often a bit uneasy. There's the famous nightmare that we all have, of course, from time to time. But most are negative. Most involve fear or some kind of response that's uneasy, whatever it might be. And that might be important. So, so maybe the dreaming is to restabilize us and allow us to experience fear and to cope with stressful situations, maybe. Very speculative. We don't really know if that's the case or not. Um, but the fact is that most, most dreams are negative. And the dreaming seems to be about the sense of self and how that relates to who you are. And looking at yourself from a distance seems to be part of it. Now, what was also shown then was when you're in this sleep paralysis state, now remember, to redefine it, you're kind of transiting into the dream world and yet you're a bit awake. When you're in that state, hallucinations are reported. So 40% of people who were suff not suffering is the wrong word, it's a natural thing, they were, they were having sleep paralysis, uh, they began to hallucinate. And they often reported shadows moving in the room, the bedroom, say, ghost-like creatures coming towards them. And that seems to be part of it as well. Now, you're probably seeing yourself there. Again, this idea, it's a projection thing. 
And in certain situations, you see yourself as a frightening thing. And maybe that's tied into anxiety and dealing with anxiety. So the ghosts that people are seeing could well be projections of themselves, the hallucinations that they're observing. And that's one idea. Now, of course, the other thing to say is, as you would all know, uh, many cultures have dreams and are written about dreams. And what's the purpose of dreams? You know, we often dream of dead relatives. Uh, and that can be a comforting thing. They're coming to see us and tell us that they're okay, say, or maybe reassure us. Uh, if I can mention my favourite band, the Beatles, uh, in that song, Let It Be, McCartney talks about Mother Mary. That was his mother, his name, and, and, and he had a dream that she came to see him at a time when the Beatles were all fighting, and it was a very stressful time, and his mother reassured him. So, you know, people think, oh, is, is that really a dead relative coming to see me from beyond the grave? It may be. I, I wouldn't knock it necessarily, and if it gives you comfort, why not? On the other hand, it does seem to be this hallucinatory state that we're getting at this phase of the sleep process. And of course, many dreams um, through history were seen to be religious. So maybe a saint comes to visit you or some religious event is happening in the dream and that makes it vivid for you as a person. So, And then sometimes messages are given to people to do certain things, you see. Advice is given and then something will happen next. And many cultures have this, by the way, this seems to cross all cultures. Uh, so so in the, I guess the ancients interpreted dreams as being you know, having that kind of function, either comfort from from uh, dead relatives or a wise person who could be of a religious persuasion or maybe a religious figure coming to give you advice on what you should do next, you see. So maybe that, that's the way they were interpreted. But now with this latest stuff, it's actually probably more to do with hallucination than anything else. The other thing is, there's a thing called lucid dreaming. And again, it's a bit tied into this in a way. Uh, lucid dreaming is when you can control the dream. So you know you're dreaming, and let's say you dream, you can fly, and you push that, and now suddenly you can fly anywhere, and you fly around the place, and you can make yourself fly in different directions and all sorts of things. Uh, but that's lucid dreaming, when you're, you are dreaming, but you can actually control events. And again, that's a bit like hallucinating, isn't it? Because you can see things happening, and you can manipulate them, and then they can change things. So lucid dreaming is another feature of this aspect. Uh, and, and, and again, you can see now how, how interesting it is for psychologists to study all this. Uh, whether it has any clinical, medical use, I don't know. Uh, it's just scientifically interesting. How do we dream? Why do we dream? And then in particular, what's happening in sleep paralysis and what that might tell us. So it's, it's an advance in a way uh, in terms of understanding what sleep paralysis is and how it might operate. So there you have it. That's the science of dreaming. And I hope you didn't fall asleep during that. This podcast is not a dream, by the way, in case you think it is. I thought there's a chance it might be at this stage. I, I begin having out-of-body experiences during them, by the way. I float above the studio and I can look down and see Owen sitting there the producer but there you have it that's the science of sleep paralysis hope you enjoyed it and as ever uh, my podcast is a news talk production and it's available for download every Thursday and cheerio cheerio